Steelman Podcast, where we take a 15-minute look at a news story and try to have an honest conversation about it. We're the Steelman. My name is Will, and with me is Jay. Say hi, Jay. Hey, everybody out there. So, Jay, recently, uh, five people died at our nation's capital. It's a sad day in American history, uh, but I thought it was important to share one of my favorite quotes with you. Are you ready for it? Uh, probably not, but do I have a choice? Quote, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Asterix. Unless the freedom fighter believes in a conspiracy theory that involves a corrupt system seeking to suppress their political voice, then they are just a terrorist. Double asterisks. Unless said conspiracy theory involves an ambiguous and secular reason explanation of systematic racism, then they're a freedom fighter. <laughs> Triple asterisks. Unless you're a white man or potentially sympathetic to white men, then you're a terrorist again and a white supremacist, even if you're not white. End quote. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fitting words, don't you say? That, that's, uh, I mean, I thought all that was very, very clear from the beginning. I don't see how anyone could get confused over any of that. He's a very inspiring man. Today we're going to uh, discuss political violence and if it's ever acceptable. So yeah, there was a riot in D.C. Uh, I do live in the D.C. area, so uh, I was very aware of it when it was happening. But I was curious, uh, you don't live near uh, me, so uh, what was your reaction to it? Well, I got a text from a friend that just said, turn on the news, OMFG, right? Which heightened my senses. I, I mean, I was prepared. And these days, I am literally prepared to hear anything in the news. You know, I turn it on and I see the pictures of like people scaling walls going into the Capitol. And uh, they're using terms like siege and insurrection. The worst case scenario was playing out like I had imagined it back like before the election. Like, this is what it's going to come down to, man. They're going to, it's going to come down to a civil war and this is how it starts. But, you know, I went on with my day, you know, like all the other times you hear about the world ending from somebody in the news, you just go on about your day. And eventually, after I started reading some details of this thing, if this was an insurrection, it was the most pathetic effort of all time, probably. And by the way, I know several people died here. So it, it was truly a dangerous, stupid thing to do. But dude, learning who some of these evil traitors were, it starts to look like sitcom level, like farcical entertainment to me, right? Did you hear, Will, about anybody having actual weapons? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about guns. I do remember that there was two pipe bombs uh, found, but there's not really been any additional information I know there was a noose that was brought, but that was probably symbolic. They probably, I mean, it was just like the guillotines that they brought at the, at the uh, riots yeah. in Portland. Dude, how are you going to insurrect the, the, the United States government and not even bring a damn gun with you? I mean, these are the people who should be packing. Did their thought process go like, well, you know, we don't want to break the gun laws, uh, so we'll just enter the capital unarmed and take it under siege. That won't be so bad. But, That's very thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a nice bunch of insurrectionists. I, like, I'm of two minds here. One, I, I definitely don't view them as first and foremost traitors. I think it's just a good thing for the people to 
rebel against their government when they think it's gone too far. What I have a problem with is I think they're they're idiots. I think they're stupid in the sense that what were they rebelling for? And it was to you know stop the steal. And to me, that's that's a little absurd because it's kind of a conspiracy theory. I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that they lost. And I'm open to the idea that there was corruption, I guess. But the level of corruption that it'd have to be would be a, on a conspiracy level that's equal to the 9-11 uh, buildings coming down by the U.S. government. There'd have to be so many people involved that it would be impossible, I would think. Right. To add on to that, the, these people are completely convinced that this was a rigged election. If you have that mindset... I mean, the least you can do is storm the fucking Capitol and try to stop it. I mean, you should be obligated to do that for your country if you really know for sure that the system is illegitimate. Yeah, 100%. It would make sense. Like, it's not only acceptable, but it would it would seem, if it were true, to be necessary. What do you think about the difference in the BLM protests and how legitimate they were and th- I know these are these are different things, and that's a point that needs to be definitely made. Is the reason and circumstances for this Capitol riot really are quite different than all the BLM riots? Don't you think? Yeah, I, I do think that. I think I think they're. I want to talk about like what like what makes them the same. And to me, they're both conspiracy theories. Like like I mentioned in my kind of joke in the beginning, you know, one is a conspiracy theory that. Donald Trump was robbed uh, of an election. And on the same side, I think BLM operates on a conspiracy theory. I mean, they kind of have the the idea that there's a systematic and is a very ambiguous I- idea that the whole system's based on white supremacy or white nationalism. And even though there isn't a cabal of white supremacists that you can point to and say they're running this thing and putting the system against you, it still exists. It can still exist even if there's no white supremacists in the system. And that's a conspiracy theory that's going to be very hard to falsify. Like you can't you can't prove it to not be true. If I were to give them the benefit of the doubt and pretend, okay, well, maybe it's true, it makes sense to me. And if it were true, if we were living in an alternate universe and these things were true, I would support them morally to do what they're doing. So this is where how the media reports things like this. Uh, matters as to whether or not people do shit like this in response to it. Right. And I guess this would be an appropriate time for us to play that video I sent you. It was posted on Twitter by a Tom Elliott. I don't know who he is, but uh, he put together a supercut, I think. And uh, I guess we'll place it here. Yeah, let's listen to it now. You're right. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There are some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statutes. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? 
This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history. So I think when you like just listen to that clip, I would say that the media, as they portrayed the BLM uh, riots, are agree with me that if it is true then it's American. It is actually morally just to riot. The thing is, when BLM did it, like the media was running cover for it. Politicians are supporting it. They basically had corporate sponsorship. And But the consequence of these, vi- these riots like affected the working class. They affected business owners and local families. Dozens of people were killed and people's livelihoods were destroyed. It's just, it pisses me off the blatant hypocrisy that's in the media. And that's the thing that, I guess, fires me up the most. No, I mean, I don't disagree. Every single human being and therefore every single media organization is going to have their bias. And they're going to, they are going to turn into hypocrites the instant it suits them, uh, clearly. I don't know what frustrates me more. It's, but it's a feedback. Like they're telling people what they want to hear and people tune in to hear that shit. So whose fault is it? Is it is it our fault for giving them the views and likes and, and going along with it? Or yeah. is it their fault for feeding us the shit uh, to, to help us make us feel better about our worldviews? Um, I don't know. But the, what, what I do know is what the media says, what each person, each pundit in that video mm-hmm. that you played, every podcaster, radio show host, whoever else, they are affecting, like they are either helping or hurting. And there's so many of them out there that they, none of them in particular really have to feel responsible for any of it. So we've been covering this for a little bit now, and I want to get into the meat of the question, the reason we're doing the podcast today, and it's to discuss, is political violence acceptable? So uh, let's start with you and try to make the argument why it's never acceptable. Well, um, Violence is something I would imagine most people are trying to move away from. Uh, nobody likes having violence done to them. You would think the world would say, okay, we have a violent past. We've been violent, uh, but we're starting to enlighten ourselves. We're starting to understand that we don't have to hurt each other to figure out what direction to move society. Now, obviously, we got a long way to go. I mean, we're prone to violence. We have lots of emotions and we can be easily fooled by the media and each other. And we can deceive ourselves into thinking that violence is the only answer. So if the world, if we want to get to a place where there's no violence in the world, we have to decide. People have to decide at some point to say, okay, maybe these people deserve violence done to them. But if it's ever going to stop, if the vicious circle is to ever stop. Somebody somewhere has to take the last hit. You know what I mean? And if we don't, the violent the violence will be a nuke going off when somebody finally decides that's got to be the only answer to it. Yeah, I think, I guess I could sum up what you're trying to say is political violence is immediately destabilizing. Like if as soon as you enacted political violence, you you kind of justify future political violence against whatever stance you're taking. Exactly. So, you know, violence begets violence. I know that's cliche, but 
I, I guess that's that's what I'm getting from you. Yeah, I mean, that's that is the steel man for never being violent is to recognize if other types of violence are shown to be acceptable, which is exactly what certain uh, media organizations have done with the BLM riots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that you have to think that that factored in to what happened on January 6th. Yeah, especially in uh, in the United States where we all have such high quality of lives that the the uh, the, the whole project of saying that the United States itself is just plain evil and the only way to deal with uh, this plain obvious evil is is to tear it down and burn shit and uh, maybe hurt people. It's really ironic that we the, the people in the United States of America in 2021 have some of the highest quality of lives on average than any human being society that has ever existed. Right. So I, I do want to move on then to the counter to that. Like what is, why is political violence acceptable? And I think the, the immediate pushback to what we were saying in the first part, sometimes the system can become so corrupt that you don't want to be paralyzed by this blind faith in tradition, this blind faith into our institutions. And so I think in those circumstances, you, you would have to say, yeah, political violence is acceptable. And sometimes you have to scare your politicians and, to, and remind them that they work for the people. So I guess, I guess that's, that would be the argument for political violence being acceptable. But I mean, that also means that you have to grant the reason to be true. And I guess that's where it gets sticky because, I mean, as far as we know, there is no, there's no fraud. As far as I, I believe, there's no systematic you know, cabal of white supremacists trying to hold people down. I, I don't think political violence is acceptable except in the most extreme situations when it becomes so apparent that there's an injustice that the only solution is the political violence. But that, that has a very high bar and you always have to be humble and reconsider that you might be wrong. So many of these arguments, uh, they, they make sense if you take the prior of the truth of the theory uh, to be legitimate. But that's exactly why we have to judge people based on how legitimate their claims are. But your steel man for is just that. It's that we might need to strive for a world of nonviolence, but we're not there yet. And we're um, it's so true that institutions, human institutions get inertia and people in power resist any check to their power that they can. We should remind ourselves that the U.S. itself was born from an insurrection. It's a little bit different of a circumstance, but it's impossible to see all ends. Clearly, there are times when, if you do want to affect great positive change, you know, strict pacifism, it's going to get run over by assholes who don't have the same values of equality or freedom, or pacifism for that matter. And it, it doesn't matter if you are a nice, peaceful person, if other people uh, are killing you. Well, I think that was pretty good. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. I, oh, wait. No, no, no. We didn't talk about the most important aspect of this whole thing. Well, we're out of time. 